Welcome to Junior L's and Now What? Interlude episode 16.5. It's been a few weeks since I've recorded, and so I'm going to try to do a short little catch-up on some of the big events we've been doing or working on as a family. One of those is we attended one of my wife's nephew's weddings over the uh, weekend, and I hate to say weddings plural, it's weddings possessive, but you get the idea. Anyways, um, when my wife and I got married uh, almost 18 years ago, if I got that wrong, I'm totally in trouble. Uh, we got married at a uh, beautiful place called the Timpanogos Temple. And it is a fantastically gorgeous uh, building. And that is the same location that my nephew or my wife's nephew got married at. Um, brought back lots of good memories. It was a fantastic experience. And one of the cool things for them was that my nephew's grandfather, so this would be on the non-blood-related side on my wife's other side, so I guess it'd be sort of her in-laws. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he had the opportunity to perform the actual ceremony itself. And so that had to be kind of cool to be able to have that kind of uh, tie back to the family. Uh, it was a very uh, spiritual experience. Um, it was actually pretty spectacular. It was awesome. Uh, one of the other things we're working on right now as a family, as I've mentioned before, one of our favorite animes is My Hero Academia. And the next either season or first part of a season, sometimes animes break them up funny, is coming out in the next month or so. So we've been doing a catch up, trying to burn through all the previous seasons and the movie. So that's like three seasons and a movie's worth of episodes. And uh, it's a pretty inspiring show. I very much encourage anyone who wants a show that is designed to lift the soul and inspire the mind to watch it. It's, it's very good. One of the other things that I mentioned a few weeks back, it's probably been almost a month ago, around the time my wife's grandpa was uh, beginning to pass, my oldest boy and I tried to start doing a data dump method or other various things to relieve the uh, shall we call it, jar of marbles of things that we're carrying around with us unnecessarily, the stresses of life that even though they're important pieces of information we need to have and to know, that doesn't mean we need to carry the weight around with us all of the time. And so what we did recently this past week is we spent two or three days back to back where every night before we go to bed, we'd pile up in my library or our library in our house and yes, the term library is accurate because it is just a room with books and a couple of chairs, but it is also sounds a lot more glorious than it is because it's still fairly small as far as rooms are concerned. But it is the sanctuary in the home and it's a wonderful place. Anyway, we came into the room, we relaxed into some of the chairs we have in here, we turned on some Gregorian chants, we set a timer for five minutes, we handed out some notepads and pens to the participants and just said go. No one was allowed to speak for that five-minute period of time, and the goal was to just write, nonstop write. And at the end of that, it was amazing how good I felt, and I think my oldest son felt the same way. It was so nice to just get that information out. Even though I did nothing with it, uh, for every sex, I could have just thrown it away and it wouldn't have mattered. The information was less important. It was the act of getting it out that made a difference. So I encourage anyone to, uh, to do that. Um, it definitely helped me, and I think it helped my son, too. One of the other things that we do as a family is throughout the course of uh, the week, we do some gospel studies. And all of these gospel studies are very scriptural based. 
Right now, the emphasis is on the New Testament and the King James Version of the Bible, but we also uh, step outside of that. There are some references to some other scriptures, too, including the Book of Mormon. And as I'm doing these interlude podcasts, I feel important to relay some of the things that we've come across. Uh, regardless of you know the teaching element, they're important to me, and they inspired me and my family. And the whole point of this podcast is to share things that have inspired me. So I'm going to share these things as we go along. They'll be short, but that's part of the purpose of this. So I'm going to relay the one we learned for this week that is actually one of my favorites. I've known about this passage for quite some time, and I have found it to be very... Truth-telling, maybe is a good word for it. This is in the book of 2 Corinthians in the New Testament in the King James Version of the Bible, chapter 13, verse 1. And it says, this is the third time I am coming to you. So this is the Apostle Paul who's speaking to the Corinthians. And he says the second sentence being the most important, at least for me, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Now for me, this has been awesome because it helps me recognize that for myself, if I read something, scriptural or otherwise, and I feel like it teaches me something, by itself, it's enough to guide me in a direction, but it is not in and of itself enough for me to feel grounded, like I can truly comprehend or understand it. Usually it takes me to find a second, third, or more sources. I am not a person who learns or at least comprehends things really fast. It requires me to get inundated with information from different types of sources, whether it's through visual learning or hearing or touch uh, or any other number of combinations of those things for it to sink in. But it does make me feel comfortable knowing that for those people out there who appear to see a piece of information once and immediately not only know it, but understand it, that that's not necessarily the common. The common is for people to require multiple sources of data to come in, which also makes me believe that I need to be far more patient especially with my kids as I'm trying to teach them things, that they're not going to pick it up instantly, as I don't pick things up instantly either. The other cool thing is, as I was talking to my children about this passage, and we were talking about the word witnesses, my oldest boy made the comment that it is first-hand account as a definition of the word witness, which I found fantastic because that doesn't necessarily mean that I have physically seen something that I want to relate to other people, but I do have a first-hand account of my comprehension or my understanding of something that I can relay. The first-hand account was the key word that he used, and I thought that was a great example and understanding of what that word meant. All right, so on to my interlude top five. Uh, my top five for this time is going to be the sounds that I hate the most. As I've mentioned before, I absolutely love music and audiobooks, and sounds are an important thing to me. They also inspire me, but not just for good. They inspire me for terror as well. These are the, um, it's supposed to be a top five. I only wrote down four, and for the sake of time, we'll just stick with the four. This one is actually in order because uh, this sound that I'm going to list last, which is the most important to me by meaning that the most painful and terrible and horrible to me, is genuinely top of the list. So here is in order number four of my top four, which is supposed to be of a top five, um, high pitched sounds. My five-year-old, um, he hasn't done this in a little while, but there will be times where he will be making a sound, whether it's laughter or just excitement, and he will hit this pitch that I can literally feel my brain vibrating in my head. Um, it's almost to the point where it causes me a little bit of uh, like the room begins to shake a little bit. It, it's kind of crazy, but it's 
horribly unpleasant. And I know it's not just my son making it. I'm just using it as an example. But I've heard it other places, and I hate that sound. Positively despise it. Um, the the uh, third from the bottom, uh, which I think could take the place of two uh, items on my list, is the cacophony of sound. I've mentioned this before. If there's lots of different sounds and noises all coming at me at the same time, I quickly get confused and I quickly begin to struggle focusing. And so even though it's not a specific sound, it's this idea that there's a lot of different types of sounds all hitting me at once. Now, if it's an orchestrated version of things, and I realize I've just made up that word, where they're supposed to play together, like when you're going to see a play or an opera or uh, go see an orchestra or a band or whatever the case may be, where you've got lots of different things, but they, there's a certain symphony of the sounds are making together that I actually thoroughly enjoy. I, I guess to me, it's kind of the similar difference between um, uh, being tickled and laughing and enjoying that versus pain. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to spread a rumor. I have heard that when you're being tickled, it actually inspires your pain nerves, but it pushes them to the brink where it's not truly pain, but it's a sensation similar enough to them, but it, it, it inspires pleasure. It's kind of bizarre. Anyway, so there's your example. Uh, second from the bottom of the list, so this is horrible sounds number two, is the pencil. I hate using pencils, especially the old ones you have to sharpen. The act of writing with a pencil causes my body to have the shivers, the chills, the shakes, whatever you want to call it, perpetually. Like Again, this is one of those things where it actually makes me lose focus because I hate it so passionately. And my number one sound on my list, and if my family is listening to this, they'll truly understand, is the sound that condiment bottles make when they're almost empty. Ketchup bottles, mustard bottles, salad dressings, you name it. That might be part of the reason why I hate all of those things, is the sound. One of the things we learned when my um, children were beginning to get diagnosed with autism being on the spectrum is that there are literally certain senses that inspire pain in the body. One of those is actual eye contact. When a person with autism, this is not true for all of them, but this is common, tries to do eye contact, when we force them to do eye contact and they look at a person's eyes, it actually triggers pain in their body. That is true for me when I hear those types of sounds. Uh, and not that I would have put those words to it before I, before I understood this, but if I hear those sounds, it actually hurts me to an extent. Now, you know, I'm a grown adult to one extent or another, and I've learned to deal with it. But uh, anyways, top five or four least favorite sounds, that takes the cake. And to cap off this um, interlude episode, uh, we've all heard the phrase, uh, faster than a speeding bullet, or can run faster than a speeding bullet, can leap small buildings in a single bound, and yes, for those of you who are wondering, that is Chuck Norris's warm-up routine when he is going to exercise. Have a spectacular week, and be happy, and remember you're worth it.